0: hello and welcome to the angelist india radio through these conversations we're taking you inside the minds of great investors experienced founders and talented experts angelist india pioneered new concepts in startup fundraising and investing for india you can find out more about us on angel.co india let's dive in Hello, everyone. In today's episode, I'm excited to have Anubhav Jain, co founder and CEO of Rupify, and a dear friend. Other than being a serial entrepreneur, Anubhav is also an angel investor in Bharatpay and that habit. Welcome aboard, Anubhav.
1: Hey, Kashish. Thanks for having me.
0: Not at all. Our pleasure. Um, We have set a very unique theme for today where we talk about Indian SME lending, OKN, which is the latest credit protocol infrastructure, and how Rupify is leveraging it to revitalize credit for Indian SMEs. But before anything on above, you have such an incredible 12 years of experience ranging from American Express, your first venture, which is StudyBud, then launching your second startup, QBeta, heading lending for Razorpay, and now your third venture, Rupify. Before we even get started, you have to tell us, how does it feel being a serial entrepreneur and starting up again for the third time?
1: Okay. Uh, while starting up always feels uh, amazing, I think the whole serial entrepreneur thing sounds like a serial killer to me. So <laughs> uh, I don't know whether it's good that in 12 years, I have had three startups. Uh, if you ask me, honestly, I would prefer to you know continue to build a company for, for five, 10 years. Uh create a much bigger dent, uh, solve a bigger problem, rather than do two or three startups. So, uh, But yeah, it's always amazing to to go back to the drawing board, uh, solve a different problem, and uh, and that's what we're doing. So uh, excited about it.
0: Makes sense. What are you building at Groupify?
1: So At Groupify, uh in, a, in, a, in one line, if we have to summarize, we are uh, building an embedded lending uh, financial product company and focusing on small businesses or SMEs uh, primarily. And the model that we are following is uh, something that we have been able to arrive at after doing uh, a lot of research. Uh, from my previous exit from Kubera till the time we started rupify uh, We spent a lot of time looking at uh, what Indian SMEs want, what's their nature, what's their behavior on financial products, what's the current market looking like do they have access problem do they have problem with uh, the kind of products that have been tailor-made for them do they have issues with uh, with pricing and many other things so basis all that research what we've decided is uh, we'll go ahead and work with anchors and build a embedded lending ecosystem that solves for three three primary problems when you talk about lending which is uh acquiring at a lower cost, getting a better stream of data for underwriting. And the third, which is most important, is uh, solving for collections. So that's essentially, in very brief, uh, what we are currently doing at 5. Got
0: it, makes sense. i'm really curious what's your focus these days at rupify especially since the pandemic had has such a adverse effect on the indian ecosystem uh, especially uh, with the smes
1: yeah i think uh, i would say it's it's both good and bad that has happened uh, because of pandemic so now more and more small businesses while they are struggling and there is a lot of uh, impact especially as you go deeper and deeper to the, to the micro and the smaller enterprises, they've had quite an impact because of the pandemic. But on the flip side, more and more of them are now looking to expand and go digital. Uh, because of absence of physical interactions, face-to-face business, uh, customer walk-ins in uh, brick-and-mortar stores, uh, it has forced businesses to think of going uh, digital. What... Hmm has happened in india is over the last decade is from the time the flipkart came and then the snapdeal ola uh, the zomato swiggy consumers have gone digital their needs are serviced uh, through digital platforms and consumer lending and consumer payments have been disrupted but when you look at sme they still transact offline they still pay offline they still uh, consume financial products in the same way as they used to. So because of this pandemic, I think for us, the focus has been, how can we find out newer and newer channels of getting these small businesses online on the digital wagon? And that has actually helped because since we work with marketplaces, anchors, uh, platforms, and digital aggregators, Uh, The focus has been that how can we work with them to get more and more SMEs on board, not just help them do their transactions in terms of purchase or sales, but also help them pay for those transactions using some kind of a credit, uh, enjoy a flexible financial product, uh, make digital payments a part of their uh, day-to-day cycle. uh, And that digital payment is through a Rupify credit line. Right? So this right. line of flexible, revolving, pay as you use, uh, completely uh, digital product that we have created for SMEs, I think that's been the biggest focus. And in the last few weeks, I think what we've done is we've opened ourselves and said that, hey, we don't think there is a sector or an industry that we'll go after. While the pandemic may have an impact on some sectors which are booming, like the Essentials or the Pharma or the Kirana are doing well, uh, but travel, hospitality, and some other segments are are badly impacted. For us, it's about helping SMEs across the board, right? Correct. The, uh, the more the impact, in fact, I would say the, the industries that are most impacted, I think there is the they are in a much bigger need of something of this sort of course we'll have to uh, make sure that whatever we do we do within the boundaries of uh, limited risk and profitability but but yeah so the focus for us has been uh, that how can we use this opportunity to build something i mean i always say one thing that if you look at us most of the largest fintech companies uh, that exist today were created in the previous downturn of 2008 9 right? right it's a it's a major opportunity so we are u- looking at this uh, while it's a it's a it's an impact to to the entire ecosystem, but it's also an opportunity for uh, for us to prove that yes, what we are doing is uh, is something that yeah. will be meaningful.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely a catalyst, right? I mean, now you are just kind of succumbed to adopt digital first solutions as much as possible, yeah. uh, and hopefully that just helps, you know, uh, shift the entire ecosystem to a different kind of landscape altogether. But um, Anubhav, actually, you know, I think that my my first question probably should have been that can you help define the significance of the Indian SME uh, sector uh, to, to the country and what it means to our GDP?
1: Yeah, sure. I think uh, small businesses in India, they, they account for uh, almost 40% of the GDP, which is huge. Uh, and not just that, they employ uh, yeah. close to half of the Indian population, right? So right. from both the endpoints in terms of Indian individuals that add value to the GDP, ultimately they work for small businesses, right? And small businesses contribute such a meaningful number to the GDP. So I always say, and this is something that uh, I heard from uh, from a gentleman at iSprit uh, who's championing the whole cash flow lending Concept in Mm. India, and we'll come and talk about OK in the next few minutes. But the Sharad has always been saying that this is a GDP scale problem. And that's what we also believe that whatever you do, like UPI, for example, we've all seen, we are all witness to a a disruption. It was a P2P and P2M payments is is a GDP scale problem, right? That has been solved. Similarly, I think the what we are looking at, the SMEs in India. And solving for their credit, it's a GDP scale problem. We are talking about trillions of dollars of uh, opportunity out there. Uh, And that's essentially what we are going after. SME is a very, very loose definition, Kashish in India. Uh, If I look at the theoretical definition of how the Ministry of Finance or uh, the MSME government uh, committee defines uh, an MSME or an SME, it's anywhere up to 100 crores of turnover. But that's very loose. Somebody, can be a single shopkeeper with with no persons employed in their shop and doing a 25 lakh turnover they are also an sme and a yeah. 50 75 crore large production unit is also an sme which which is which doesn't make sense you need to bucket them yeah. into groups so that you can build products for them and i think that's that's what uh, is required
0: Absolutely. Uh, the, what, there are 60 million, I think, SMEs out there. Uh, and I read somewhere that 90% of the SMEs earn less than 5 crores of annual turnover. But then again, as you rightly mentioned, the scale is fragmented and and the spectrum is just way too large to bucket them all all in one sector itself. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a great segue, right? Uh, earlier this year, OKN, which is the Open Credit Enablement Network, got announced. Yeah. Uh, for our audience, can you try explaining it to us and its significance?
1: Sure. so i think uh, it's a it's a fantastic uh, opportunity that exists with oken out there uh, the think tank behind oken is the same as the one that was behind upi and a lot of digital initiatives that have happened in india oken essentially is a protocol like it is defining the rules uh, with which uh, any kind of digital lending can be carried out in future so I will rather you know simplify this uh, by drawing a parallel with UPI. Uh, UPI, if you if you have to imagine what essentially is behind UPI, you have uh, two parties who want to uh, initiate a transaction, which is essentially a transfer of some funds from party A to party B, right? Right. UPI has just created rules around it that a you need an address or an identifier for each of these players. Which is called a virtual payment address, right? You have a unique payment address for each of these parties. That's rule number one. Rule number two is you need a an app or some kind of an interface that talks to different players because each of these parties will have their bank accounts uh, with which this VPA is created, right? Because you're transferring money from one account to another account. So those players have to talk to each other. So you need an Interface layer, which is called a PSP, uh, or a payment service provider, and then during that process, they have set certain rules that for you to authorize that transaction, you need to enter some kind of a PIN, right, uh, which is a four-digit, right. which will allow the transaction to go through. The same is what Oken has created. So what Oken is saying is, for a lending transaction to happen, you need parties, you need a lender, you need a borrower, right. The borrowers uh, to make uh, these transactions scalable, there will be large entities called LSPs or loan service providers, which are just like PSP in the case of UPI, who exist between the lender and the borrower. Right? The job of the LSP is the same as that of a, a Google Pay in case of a UPI, which is just connect yeah. the two entities. Yeah. Right? They are more like the acquiring engine of, uh, of the acquirers of these customers. So there is an LSP, there is a lender. And all the handshakes that happen through the LSP between the borrower and the lender, those protocols, the collection of those rules is what Okn is. So imagine that there is a borrower which wants a loan from a lender. The typical process that we follow today is still the same in OKEN. You go there, you apply for a loan, So there is a loan application uh, protocol that Oken has created. Once you apply for the loan, the lender will try and get some data from you. So there is a consent protocol where the lender takes your consent to fetch data, whether it's your financial data, whether it's your credit bureau data. Once they have taken the data, they will process that data and they will give you a loan offer if they approve or they will give you a rejection. So there is uh, an offer protocol that OKEN defines that this is how you will communicate the offer to the customer. Right. Obviously, if there is an offer created, then there has to be an acceptance of the offer. So there is a protocol behind that. Like, how will you do that handshake where the borrower can tell the lender, okay, I'm agreeing to the terms of this offer. And then the lender will do the next two steps, which is sign and some kind of a terms and conditions or loan agreement uh, and take some way of collecting repayments, which is through a mandate or a NACH or a, or a UPI recurring mandate and so on. So all these steps happen today as well in different channels, different products, different modes. What Oaken has done is standardize the whole thing. And it's saying that whether there is Kashish who's borrowing from HDFC Bank or whether there is Anubhav who's borrowing from ICICI Bank or some other lender or some other borrower, the rules of doing that lending transaction have been laid out because of that the whole ecosystem of lending becomes far more scalable right, right. Uh, so i think that's a fantastic thing uh, it's still in its early stages but i think uh, it, the starting has is very positive and uh, we are quite uh, optimistic about how this is going to pan out
0: right I was, uh, recently I was going through your four part series, uh, on embedded lending and it's such a great piece you have written, uh, charting out ROI analysis between building something in-house versus outsourcing it, a balance sheet lender versus a non-balance sheet lender. And I felt that everyone should be re- reading it hundred percent. Um, what exactly is an embedded lender and, and how is that pivotal for Rupi, uh, Rupify's Genesis?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, Again, I'll go back to the research that we did. What we realized is that because of digitization, what has happened is, there, is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of players that have come in. Whichever sector you take, whether you take logistics, whether you take e-commerce, whether you take uh, food, you take uh, transportation, travel, there are a lot of organized players that are coming in. So the middlemen and the, the fragmented market that always existed in India has gone away right and it's not just true for india it's actually globally so that's that's a that's a that's a move that has happened in developed economies as well so right with the growth of uh, internet penetration and smartphones and uh, access to high speed uh, connectivity i think everything is moving digital because things are moving digital i think financial products uh, are also be moving to digital ecosystems and because of that most of these marketplaces and most of these uh, uh, you know sector agnostic ecosystems that are being created for them to keep on increasing their margins because there is a lot of competition and and mm-hmm. uh, the cost of doing a transaction uh, it has become so cheap that everybody is facing the pressure of uh going after the same customer so the acquisition costs have gone up but the monetization has come down so everybody is looking at financial products as the next thing that they would like to introduce to monetize this customer now for that to happen there can only be three ways one you you go and do a reseller kind of a uh A business model where you go and talk to a bank, NBFC, financial institution, insurance company, and try to offer that. Uh, That's difficult to do because everyone has their own systems, everyone has their own processes, right? So, how do you create a a great customer experience there? The second is you do it yourself, Uh, but not everybody has that as their core competence. So, the only way this is going to evolve when it comes to lending or payments or any other financial product is that there would be smart technology middleware companies that will come in who will embed themselves inside the system of a non-financial player and offer these financial products as their core offering and make sure that they are so deeply integrated that they get access to data, they get access to what the customer wants they are able to produce the right product for the right customer, uh, tailor make offering for them and reduce the time to market and cost so much that it's a win-win for everyone. right? Right. And that's essentially what embedded finance is. And embedded lending is just a part of embedded finance where what we are saying is we can go to an Amazon tomorrow and say that, hey, uh, we'll build systems that can be integrated into, into your ecosystem so that whenever a consumer or whenever a seller needs a financial product, they will not have to come to you. This will this is something we can preempt based on their cash flows and their behavior. And that's going to be a delight for everybody. So I think that's, that's how uh, the whole embedded lending, embedded finance ecosystem is going to pick up.
0: Great. Got it. Uh, how far along is Rupify in its journey?
1: So we are, I would say we are still very early stage, but uh, we've got a promising response from the market, especially post pandemic. As I said, uh, one thing that has worked in our favor is a lot of these uh, anchors and marketplaces and platforms have have come to terms with the fact that there is a core business that they work in and embedded Finance and Embedded Lending is the right way for them to iterate and launch financial products in a quick time without investing too much capital. Uh, So they are more open to platforms like Rupify. So we've had an excellent response uh, from the market in the last three months. We are already live with a half a dozen marketplaces and uh, going live with almost another 10 to 12 in the next couple of months uh and i think these are exciting times for us because in just three months since launch of the products we have uh, we've had uh, we've gone and become the preferred partner of two of the largest players in india so still a long way to go i'll say kashish but but yeah uh, in eight months i think uh, we are quite excited with what response we are getting, both on the demand as well as on, on the supply side.
0: Got it. Slightly pressed for time, but last question. Would love for you, for, for you to tell us three things that you wanted to do differently while building Rupify as opposed to your previous ventures.
1: Sure. I think uh, this is, I, I would have a longer list rather than <laughs> three, but if I have to say three things, first is uh, focusing on customer experience. I think uh, this is not something that I'm doing differently, but I'm kind of uh, building on top of it. Uh, What I realized is customer experience is underrated in India. Uh, It's a very, very powerful thing. Uh, In fact, uh, there are examples in Western world where customer experience itself can become a Right? I believe in that, and I think uh, that's something we are focusing on. The second thing we are doing very differently uh, compared to my previous ventures is uh, super focus on uh, using technology for anything which uh, which is repetitive. Whatever processes we have, and especially in lending, it's so, so critical that today, if you look at banks, and if you look at uh, traditional NBFCs, they have people to carry out tasks. If they think that there is an added step that they want to add, they add more manpower. right? Uh, I would say there are a lot of such opportunity areas where it can be done with simple, you know, 10 lines of code. So uh, those are the efficiencies that uh, we are focusing on at Rupify where we are creating simple solutions using technology which can do away a lot of inefficiencies in the in the lending ecosystem primarily. The third is focus on design. I think uh, this is something we've I have learned from uh, from one of our investors. So Kunal Shah from Cred is an investor in Rupify and I think uh, there is a lot of talk about uh, how it's a very design-focused app. Uh, I I think I love the fact that design can create uh, a, a completely different uh, game for you. So as an SME, I have never seen anybody talk about a very design-focused product for them. Right? Small businesses are, I would say, the more uh, the last in terms of treatment that they get when somebody designs a product for them. So design focus, I would say, is the third thing that uh, that we are uh, practicing at tupify So these are the three things I think I haven't done uh, so well in my previous uh, ventures, but really trying hard to do that.
0: No, no, not at all. In fact, a lot of this is really inspiring. Thanks a ton, Anubhav. Really glad to have you on this session today. That's are you actively hiring?
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, I think uh, there are a few uh, positions we have, and I've already written about it uh, on my LinkedIn wall. So we are actively hiring. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch, I think LinkedIn is the best platform for uh, for people to get in touch with me, and I'm always uh, I'm always available to have a discussion.
0: Thanks, Atan. Thank you for taking time out. Cheers. So
1: much, uh, Kashish, and uh, have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Pleasure.